you may as well bring a napkin because I'm about to spill the tea. <laughs> Unlike some housewives, the only thing I'll threaten you with is a good time. Oh, I loved it. Ooh, I just got a little screechy about it, which is how you know I feel affection for a tag. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 339. I have to start off by saying I feel like I have not slept in literal weeks, so I might be a little extra loopy, loopy, apple juicy. We're going to see how this pans out. I got to tell you, I'm riding a high that this guest is back. You know her as professional talker, social media journalist, CEO of Deep Dives, host of the podcast, I'm Sorry, with Lemonada Media, and obviously as the artiste, also known as the talk of shame online. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Kiki Monique. Kiki, how are you? I am like you. I have not been sleeping. And yeah. so we're both, this might be the episode that cancels us both. I don't know what's going to come out of our mouths. I don't know what we're going to say. <laughs> Honestly, the fact that I even like dragged myself to shower, I needed to cleanse after this morning. I... I consider that a professional achievement. For oh, week. yeah. I haven't I haven't achieved the, the face washing even yet. Like, I haven't even done that level. I just got up and I was like, you know, I'm just good where I am. I mean, I have to thank you. We are recording this Tuesday morning. And by morning, I do mean L.A. time where you are currently recording. It is bright, early goodness how are you feeling about that do you typically ever record this early what's your what's your preferred time I'm actually um I'm a, I am a morning person I love getting up before everyone and like and that's why honestly I love being in New York because when you're in New York and you're up before everyone you're literally up before the entire world it feels like in LA I feel like sometimes I need to get up at 3 a.m just to feel like I'm still in that New York but then I'm like it's dark outside it's weird um but then I'm like I'm also a night person in weird ways but like I do my best brain work in the day. I do my mm. best like party work in the night, let's say. <laughs> and you love yourself a New York City bagel. And yet you're trying to survive in L.A. How does that work? I mean, look, I have found like the like five solid places where I know yeah. to get like a good bagel. But I'm not going to lie. I'm excited to get back to New York in a month and uh Get back to like just a regular like $4 bagel from the bodega that's superior. I mean, I have to say I die for your bagel Fridays on Instagram. I die for your taco Tuesdays. I am one of those people that has that thing, the name of which I always Ms. forget. Misophonia Ms. Ms. or something? Missa whatever. Yeah. Where Ms. you have like Missa, I don't know. But it's a thing that I've had since I was little. I would scream at my parents at dinner if I could hear them chewing or talking. My mom, especially if I was like, if you fucking open your mouth while you are chewing, I'm gonna fuck you up I would eat dinner in the bathroom I would be like I'm having a they wouldn't give a shit I was like I can't I it, it, no joke to this day I have stopped work meetings and been like you can't have soup right now I'm sorry I can't focus and I have a rage stroke about this but the exception to that there are literally maybe three exceptions and you are one of them I don't know what it is but I find you chewing on Instagram to be incredibly soothing 
I'm honored. That's amazing. It's incredible. I mean, I have to say, when you are here for BravoCon, also known as the Bravo TV Blessed Event, I I do want to treat you to one of my favorite gluten-free vegan bagels and get your thoughts with a little with a little cashew cream cheese, maybe? No pressure. <laughs> Did you say gluten-free and blueberry? No, I said oh. gluten-free and vegan. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Which is better or worse, <laughs> depending on how you feel about it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my brain just went, you know, look, I try. <laughs> I'm, I don't know why my brain shuts down because look, I actually enjoy really good vegan food. Like when I had, you know, mm. when people prepare it well, I'm like, oh, this is like really good food. And like, mm-hmm. look, all vegan doesn't actually have to be healthy. Like it doesn't no, have meat. Oh, a lot of it is not. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, it's just like, for some reason, I feel like, when you tell me gluten-free, I'm like, well, what am I missing? What am I missing that's not making it the same? And I need that. I need it, whatever it is. And I don't know why I still have that mentality. I'm going to bring you a gluten-free bagel, also known as just like a plate of lettuce, is what it's going to be. Like, look! And I put it in, I arrange it in a circle, and there's a little hole where the dressing would be. With I made it nice. I'm going to make it so fucking nice for you. You're not even. And there is like bad, of course, as with anything, especially when it gets into like dietary restrictions, there's definitely bad stuff. But I'm going to give you the good stuff. All right. I'm telling you, it's going to be good. Are we going to eat it in your clawfish? Yeah, you're coming to the office. We're going to do a bagel, whatever the fuck day it is that you fly in. And you're coming to the cloth and we're going to do a little we're going to do a little girl chat is how that's going to go. I love it. Um, So how are you doing otherwise? I feel like every time I go to your social media, you're doing some huge investigation. You're constantly going viral. Your following has exploded. How are you yourself, Kiki Monique, feeling these days? You know, it's weird because like ever since the Johnny and Amber trial has ended, Mm. it like it felt like for a month there, I was just sort of like lost. It sounds crazy, but you know, it really that trial anchored me because it Mm. was like Monday through Thursday, I knew what I was doing every single day. And it was great because it almost felt like my own personal quarantine, which I loved. Like I don't nobody expected me to be anywhere. I didn't have to make mm. any plans because I was like, no, you guys understand. Like this is very important to me. And then once I had all this time to myself again, I was like, oh, lost. But <laughs> now it's like I'm finding my footing, getting back into, you know, just all the things. There's so many things happening in just the world. There's so many things to talk about. Now it's overwhelming. I'm like, what do I focus on? Right. Like, and, um, and so just like finding, finding my place there, I still enjoy very much celebrity trials. Mm. Um, but I almost wonder if some of them are even going to make it to court, you know, especially after seeing Johnny and Amber, I think, Mm. you know, with like Brad and Angelina, that whole thing, even Shia and FKA Twigs, I was, I was surprised to see Shia going a podcast and really admit a lot of the things that we thought we were not never going to hear from him. I mean, he admitted mm-hmm. to being manipulative and, and you're lying and hiding cold sores and, and saying he treated her, her badly. So I almost wonder if he's going to even settle before they even get to court next year, you know, that it just felt like it was that. So, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to just sort of see. And then um, I'm obviously excited about the Army Hammer series that's coming out. There's like mm. lots of things that are happening um, 
that I think are just exciting to talk about. How does the Bravo universe fit inside of that? Well, that's the thing. Like, pop, Bravo is such a huge part of pop culture. It's impossible not to talk about Bravo because it is, it, it doesn't matter who you are and whether you watch the shows, you know who Bravo is and you know what they're about. Like, they are, they are a big part of pop culture. And so um, I find that I focus like every year I think I change my focus on like what it is, like what shows I want to focus on. You know, this year it's been heavily um, Beverly Hills. It's Mm -hmm. been a lot um, of New York only because we were talking about New York so much, Mm -hmm. even though it had such a a bad last year, but just like what, what is the future of New York? And I, you know, I hope it can, you know, with this two, you know, with the legacy and the new, you know, I hope it can maintain its status in the in the Real Housewives world. Um, you know, Atlanta and Potomac are just like killing it in their own rights. And so, um and then below deck. I still look like a huge below deck fan, even though I never talk about it, which is weird, but it's literally like one of my favorite shows. I feel like Below Deck is one of those shows that almost doesn't need to be discussed because it's one of the most po- I don't watch it, I have to say, but like <laughs> it is one of the most popular shows, if not maybe currently the most popular show on Bravo by a lot. And while I'm sure controversy exists on the season with the cast on and off, whatever the fuck they're talking about, whatever they're doing each week, it doesn't. It's not like embedded in that versus Housewives, which to a certain extent, possibly in a toxic way, sort of relies on social media to drive the conversation about the conflict. Which makes sense. I mean, look, Housewives has been around around the longest. And so like like any growing child, they just don't know where they fit in now. They're in their Mm. like senior year they're like super seniors right they're like they don't want to graduate to college they don't want to go to college because they still want to be the popular seniors (laughs) but everybody's like uh you guys are kind of losers get out of here make room (laughs) (laughs) um because it is weird it's like we love our housewives but like we love to like make fun of them more because they're so like they're just so cheesy now but like in like the best possible way um so yeah i think they're just trying to, to fit and find their place and you know, every time a new franchise, a new city comes around, we are like the mean girls. And we like, at first, we never want to accept it. We're like, no, why that city? I mean, I think we did the same thing with real world. Let's be honest. You know, (laughs) real world, anytime they tried to introduce a city, we were like, why would you pick that city? It should be this city. You know, it's the same. It's, you know, different, different generation, same problems. And we are at an interesting sort of particular, seemingly particular point of time in the Bravos universe, because while you wouldn't necessarily characterize these women as particularly grounded, the shows themselves usually are, which is why when there are franchise instances of us being like, are you in space right now? What is happening here? Where it feels overwhelmed by outside circumstances, including how these shows are discussed on social media, including the press, it can be hard, I think, for some of us, I can only speak for myself, to kind of like find our footing in it because at a certain point you don't want outside conversation to overwhelm the conversation around the show itself. Otherwise, what are we even watching and talking about? Look, but I also understand how hard it must be because like, I, you know, I spent a lot of time in the comment section, mm. but like 
when you really read these people, it could be, you know, Diana Jenkins, this is her first year as a housewife. Yes. And like, granted, some of these comments, we don't know if they're from real people, but the ones we can tell are from real people. They act like they've known her forever, the way they love her, the way they idolize her. And there has to be something where it's like when you come on on the scene and people just tell you how great you are all the time. I don't even know what you, it, it would be impossible to keep yourself in check, right? Like, I think we would all get a sense of like superiority, God complex. I can do whatever I want because I know I'll have supporters. And what we've seen is the worse the behavior, the, the larger the number grows. Now, mm. half of those numbers are probably hate follows, right? You know, mm -hmm. because even I do it. I refuse Raise to follow hand. them. <laughs> yeah, I, I refuse to follow maybe from my own account, but I'll follow mm. from a burner. Because I, mm -hmm. mostly because in case I get blocked, I want to make sure I have a, <laughs> a backup. <laughs> but look, the fact that we even think that way, the fact that my my immediate reaction is like, let me follow from this burner account because I know this woman's going to piss me off and I don't want to be getting blocked. is like, you know, like, does it, it's weird that we think that way. A hundred percent. And I also, it's so wild because exactly what you're, so much of this is, totally appropriate especially when thinking about Diana I mean there's like a defensive first off you're on the show for a reason and it's usually because a large part of you is out to lunch so like these women are not necessarily known for wanting critical feedback let alone what comes to and at them a lot of which are abusive responses from people who are mad or upset and Yet in your life, you might surround yourself with yes people. So how does that pan out when you were signing onto the show in which you know, maybe you know, maybe you don't, that this might not work out well for you when it comes to reaction. So who do you then surround yourself by in real life, on the show, and online? It's it's so true. And like I I like to believe that I would be above it. But look, there have been times, look, you saw with, I mean, with, with the F Factor, when I had a podcast about oh F Factor God. and I was like getting attacked left and right. Trigger warning, fiber. <laughs> but the first thing I immediately did was surround myself with my friends who tell me, you know, this, you know, make me feel better. Tell me good things, right? And I was like, damn, like I might end up in the same situation. Not that I was in that situation. I didn't, didn't do anything wrong, but people were making me feel like I had done something wrong. And so I immediately cocooned just to make myself feel better. So I'm like, damn, I, you know, I'd like to believe I'd above it, but I, I could easily end up in the same situation where I'd be like, oh, deleting comments and like, screw you. And, you know, so I get it. I do empathize with that because it's just, it's um social media is toxic as fuck and, mm -hmm. and you know like and it just forces you to become more toxic and but when you're a public figure that toxicity does not read well and all it does is just lead to bad headlines um and look sometimes it works out for you sometimes you end up in a in a villain role but now we've crossed that line of like villain role to villain in real life and we don't we can't separate the two yeah and also it's a difficult thing to try to unpack and explore the behavior we're seeing of these women on the show and online when you understand that, like, again, as a protective defensive mechanism, some of these women might be amplifying their on TV personas on social media, either because their followers are looking for that or because they're saying 
fuck off. Like if you're going to criticize me, I'm just going to show you even more. And that can be tough when it's like a part of your revenge, let's say, or your defense mechanism is almost appearing to be a caricature. I mean, there's no better example of that to me than Beverly Hills. Yeah, I think one of the like unfortunate byproducts that came out of this like, and I hate even using these words and I don't, but I don't know how else to describe it because I hate that people associate woke or cancel culture with certain sort of behaviors. But like one of the things that came out of what happened over the last two years is people are like, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. So I'd rather just like dig my heels in and say, fuck it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because even if I apologize, the apology isn't good enough, even, you know, and they just like, they're like, I, I, they throw their hands up and they just say, you know, and they just get, you know, obstinate or what is that the word? Obstinate? Yeah, let's go with it. I'm sure that's right. <laughs> that sounds right. I barely, I can't, I can't even, <laughs> words are hard. I don't know. I've never that's met so a word in my life. I got to tell you first time today. Um, No, I think that's a, I think that's a really great point. And it's, There's also this, like, how do you find the middle ground here, especially when we're dealing with seemingly discussions and consequences as serious as what's going on with um, BH online? I want to get your thoughts on that uh, because it has been such a weird fucking week, not only to be a housewife viewer, specifically Beverly Hills, watching what's gone on with the attack against Jax, but also... And how you straddle that world, both as a content creator and someone watching this, trying to figure it all out. You know, I went through so many different, so many, first of all, so many different theories. Like when it all started happening, I like literally ran through every possible theory possible. Because <laughs> I was like, I refuse, I almost didn't want to believe that a reality TV star that has that is like, you know, 40, 50 years old would participate in something so sinister. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have to, like, there's no way you can count it out, right? Because it's like, this doesn't come from somewhere. Um, but at the end of the day, it just feels bad because you just like, nobody deserves that, right? Like nobody deserves that. And you don't, and then this is real life. And even if it's a, you know, we know it's not, quote, real comments because it's coming from bots and like, you know, like it's still someone behind that, that like initiated, that made, that wanted to make him feel that way or make Garcelle feel that way or make something happen. And it's just, it's so like nasty that like, like you said in your article, like I would take, you know, Adrian washing chicken in the sink any day over this. Like mm-hmm. where, where, where we lost the, the plot line. Yeah. And just to kind of give you guys a little bit of background in case you didn't listen to the last episode of um, Andy Scrolls, which gave a lot of specifics according to what was the latest news at that point. And if you, God forbid, are smart enough to not ever have been online Um uh, so there was what appears to have been a targeted bot attack against Jax. Now, what is a bot? It is a fake account. And what was what has been so cute, confusing about the conversation around what happened, including by the network itself, is that the conversation has been framed around a toxic 
fandom that has attacked Garcelle's son, posting reams and reams of very similar, in some ways identical comments, attacking Jax, attacking Garcelle, addict shaming Oliver's um, uh, struggle with addiction, um, parroting in many ways what the cast has said on the after show and online um, judging Garcelle's response to Erica's misbehavior, which I want to get your thoughts on. And while the cast members themselves have since publicly specifically said, I was not, I did not buy bots, I was not behind bots, the network and a lot of press outlets covering what happened have relied on the idea of toxic fandoms, relying on these avatars that look like human people, all of whom appear to be young, attractive white women, when in fact these accounts, when you go to them, have no following, no interaction, have a couple posts that all look very influencer-y and all follow the same four outside accounts. So it looks like someone orchestrated a campaign to attack Garcelle's 14-year-old son, which did include death threats against a 14-year-old black teenager, his first week in high school, and nobody knows where it's coming from. The added confusion here or frustration or anger is that while many members of the cast, after this happened, publicly rallied in Garcelle and Jax's defense, initially, while remaining online... Diana and Erica stayed quiet. Erica promoted new music. Diana deleted comments asking her why she wasn't speaking out about Jax while she was reposting birthday greetings. And we haven't gotten an update from the network, which put out a statement not saying that they were investigating or anything else publicly, but in fact, essentially putting the focus and the blame and responsibility of this on seeming quote unquote toxic fans, which do exist including especially in Beverly Hills, but may or may not have been responsible for this attack. As much as we might not like it, I understand why the network would not want to necessarily like, A, get involved. There's liabilities here. You know, like the further they get involved, like the higher the liability they take, right? And at this point, you know, for all they know, you know, it could have been some crazed fan who thought they were giving Diana the best birthday present ever, yeah. you know, like the, you know, those possibilities do exist. And so it's like, when you go that down, you can go down rabbit holes for days. They're like, um, you know, all we can do, you know, this is the best we can do. Um, but when you know that your fan base includes people that are willing to do that. Like, you know, if you absolve yourself and say, that is not something I would do, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But you know that you have a fan base that consists of people who would do that. I think it's very important that you directly speak to your fan base. And that's like the biggest thing, again, I learned from the set factor drama, won't say that <laughs> word, but like, you, it's, really, it's really important that you say to your, your people, look, Stop speaking in my name. I don't agree with this. Like we've seen it with Donald Trump. Like he won't he won't tell his people you are not representing me because him with Donald, he probably he encourages they are. It. Yeah. But like by not saying anything exactly, you are encouraging it. And so 
I get, I get, you know, look, and I get why, you know, the Erica's and the Diana's of the world think that by saying anything, they get implicated, you know, especially Erica right now. I think she's, she doesn't want to get implicated in any more things than she's already legally like being implicated in. Right. So I think she just wants to like wipe her hands of anything. Um, but I think, you know, if people are out there using your name and, and saying something to a 14 year old boy, you have got to just like get online and say like, this is enough. Like this is not okay. And I think that was all the, the, the fans were looking for just because it just, it went, it just went on. Like, look, I know you didn't want your, your birthday ruined. It happened on your birthday, but you know what? Take, take a, you know, you're an adult, do the right thing. I think that's what's so frustrating to a lot of viewers watching this pan out because while the cast shared the network's response when it initially went up, which was in the eyes of many people, myself included, incredibly delayed, um, and while it did factor, or rather, while it did, I'm thinking about factor, while it did focus on um, very specific particular language, and while we have no idea what they're doing behind the scenes, it was frustrating um, to see some members of the cast not acknowledge not only their delay in responding in any way, but also the fact that this was done in their name. It's where you get into this weird moral area where it is entirely possible that Diana, Rena, and Erica had specifically, because they, those were the three whose names were used most often, Diana herself, her name was literally in the death threat that so many of us saw um, and shared and discussed online. But if you know that people are doing this in your name, even if the idea of people is in quotes, to stay silent at that point is tough and then as we've seen you know there's been conversation around do members of the cast even really truly support the network's response erica took to instagram to comment in agreement with the post that with a commenter on the post who said i didn't see bravo making every post about leaving kids uh, alone when the woke mob was coming after your son for being law enforcement in 2020 which she responded and said you know, exactly. That comment has since been deleted, but there's a real um, ability for the cast now to start this other conversation that I think is really problematic, where you're comparing death threats sent to a black teenager with someone's choice to go into law enforcement, which P.S. guy, sidebar, it wasn't fans attacking Erica's son, who we know exists, but I personally don't even honestly know his name. It was commenters during 2020, during the black, height of the Black Lives Matter movement, going on a post that she had of her son in uniform and commenting with critique, which, you know, I don't know the variety of comments that were posted, and I'm sure a lot of them were heavily, heavily critical, but it's just the way that members of the cast are now sort of not only distancing themselves from what happening, what happened to Jax, but also minimizing the specifics of his experience. It's a little complicated. Well, we have like two problems. One is like a, a, a problem that's just happening with Real Housewives as a whole, as it's trying to grow, is that as they, you know, patchwork these casts together, there's no actual bonds happening in a lot of these casts. If 
on OC, if something had happened with, you know, any of those kids, you know, Gina's kids or, you know, Vicky's kids or Tamara's kids, even if they were squabbling, they absolutely would have each other's backs because there was true friendship, whether it was on or off, there was like true friendship there. As we now sort of, again, patch these these um, housewives together, there's less um, family and they don't, you know, it's not like they're looking at peop- other people's kids necessarily as an extension of their own. So it's like, if something's happening to someone's kids, they can see it as like a wrong morally, but they Mm -hmm. don't feel any connection. At the end of the day, all of these women are self-absorbed. That's why they're on reality TV. That's why they're a housewife. And they only care about their own. So we have that problem, one. The second problem is just the age-old problem of, like, Black children have always been, um, I don't know what the term is, but uh, made to come across as more mature, more adult than they actually are. You know, they're always, you know... a. And the reason that's been done historically is because like it's easier to put a kid in jail if we treat them like an adult, right? Or it's easier to like punish them if we see them as an adult. Um, it's, you know, and so I think there's also just this level of like, they don't realize, this kid is 14. I don't think they remember what it means to be 14. Like I remember when I was 14 and, you know, I had a drunk relative, you know, say something about like me putting too much weight on. And I mean, I was... You know, I was devastated, right? Like, I couldn't even function for the rest of the day. Like, I was in my room crying for the rest of the day. That was somebody just saying, I put on a little weight. Imagine if somebody was, like, wishing death upon me, 14. I just think they have not, they're not connecting what that does to a kid's psyche. Um, Public figure or not, you know, that their parents are. It's, It's, you know... Um, and I think that's, that's sad. Do you think they have the capacity to recognize that, to even recognize the difference? Because it doesn't appear that they are able to in their responses on social. I think, again, because of just like their own issues with each other, it, it, yeah. you, you put a block up, it, you know, the reason people compartmentalize things is because it's a lot easier to demonize or hate, you know, if you compartmentalize. And so that's what I think a lot of them do. It's like, I don't want to think about your son. I just know that you pissed me off and you said horrible things. And if anything happens, you know, fucked up on your side of the on the fence, I mean, oh, well, karma, you know, it's it's that mentality. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. 
It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash andyscrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash andyscrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. And it's also the mentality of there must be some major conspiracy theory that has led to this because that is the only explanation that I can find 
which leads to a piece that went up today on the Daily Beast that I wrote that features as an exclusive a screenshot of messages that Lisa Rinna sent to content creator Face Reality 16 on Instagram, where she suggested the possibility that Lisa Vanderpump was behind the attack on Jax, which makes literally no sense, but is connected maybe somehow to either Lisa's just Rinna's in general disdain for LVP or her larger question, which she posed in a video days later, since deleted, which you can also find on my Instagram, where she suggested that the producer of her show, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, was potentially also involved in the attack against Jax, which feels like such a fucking liability to have a current Real Housewife go on social media dangle those carrots, Teddy Joe Mellencamp's favorite snack, and then run the fuck out of the room to do a dirty delete where you're like dropping this and going. And my guess, P.S. Sidebar, I don't know this, but my guess is Face Reality 16 is not the only content creator that Rinna approached with that idea about LVP based in nothing, no evidence. I was shocked to read those text messages. I was shocked that Rinna was being so... Um, I guess the word is open with yeah. someone via DMs. And I, I, I literally, because I mean, I just read it before we started talking and I was like trying to piece together what could she possibly be doing? And here's my here's my problem is that- Yes, I love it. I see the, you're getting a glow on your face and I'm no, fucking ready. Okay, no, let's do it. Here's let's my problem kiki. is like, the more people act out in this way, and this is why- I fucking end up in the worst relationships ever is that I immediately like am like oh my god they are spiraling they're in pain why is Lisa spiraling so now I have empathy mm. for her now I'm feeling bad because I'm like mm. I don't know has she not healed from her mother's death like is she is she like realizing her time is up on the show and she can't take it um, it's, it's giving very like Dorinda last season. And I'm like, Ooh. is it time for a pause? Because like, you know, like there just starts to be like an unraveling that happens. And you're like, I, I'm not seeing the person I met. I need you to like, take it back to like the person I met. And then like maybe in the future, cause that's what the last 24, 48 hours of Rena online has been like, I've just more looked at it in like, not even like an evil way of like a, What's happening? Yes, yeah, something seems to be going on. She's posted since the article went up with the like people, you know, only come at you when you're on to something stuff. But it's weird. I mean, yeah, it's not. She also archived the network's response, which was a resharing of Harry Hamlin sharing the post. It wasn't it was she was doing the she, little little Chris Jenner vibes in her. God bless. But she said that it, you know, wasn't helping, wasn't saying much. So she archived the actual fucking. So then it's like, is she just grasping at straws because because she's built her name off of the like telling it like it is. And I'm, you know, that like now she's just doing this offline to create, you know, like more reason for people to remember who she is. Like, yeah, like I don't know what this truth is. All I know is like we've been talking about this Aspen trip and 
forever. And I don't know if we are just trying to like hold on to this Aspen trip so much for like a particular reason, but like, I don't know why we're bringing up Lisa Vanderpump in relation to these bots. I don't know why we are like trying to just like, it seems like a Kathy, I don't know what happened with the Kathy Hilton thing, but it just feels all so personal, but not stuff that we have also been given privy access to. Like, I don't know why it's happening. Lisa Rinna seems to believe that what happened with the bot attack, which she at least got to give her kudos for this, at least has said was the first housewife to say this was a bot attack, which the network did not. So kudos to her for that. And again, there might be reason why the network isn't like just because the network said that hasn't publicly stated that they are investigating this doesn't mean that they haven't. So I want to give them the benefit of the doubt of that because there is a lie, a lot of liability that even I think surrounds this situation. So I hope that they clarify and I hope if it turns out it uh, was a toxic fan doing this on behalf of someone without their knowledge, we know that. I hope that if it was something else that we find that out as well. I think people are owed a response starting, of course, with Jackson Garcelle and Oliver and the rest of their family. But when it comes to the Rena owning it of it all, it is odd to me that her gut instinct is to think that this is a massive conspiracy involving the producer of her show, who she says used to work on Vanderpump Rules, that is somehow maybe connected to LVP or maybe connected to someone trying to protect Kathy Hilton and distract from whatever happens in Aspen which puts a lot of pressure on like the episodes to come and creates to me and a clusterfuck, a confusing conversation, maybe purposefully confusing on social that makes me think that either something absolutely massive in Aspen happened, which we'll see, or maybe we won't. And Rinna will connect that, connect those dots to the idea of them there being a conspiracy where it's like, oh, well, if you don't think that what happened was wild, it's because they edited it to protect Kathy. And that's has something to do with the bot attack, which is to me just absolute spinning out. Like we've gone beyond breaking the fourth wall. I don't know which wall we have like, but like yeah. to we have evolved into like because you, you'd like to believe that talent and producers have a good relationship. Like, yes, we've all watched Unreal, or if you haven't, it's a really good, you know, show. Really and see, good. And, like, we've seen, you know, people getting produced. We understand the role of the producer. I mean, we've both been producers, I think, you know. like And so we understand what that takes to do. But for the most part, you still have to have a good relationship. I... It was shocking to hear her throw a producer under the bus. You know, she's been on the show for a long time. This producer has obviously been with Bravo or, you know, a production company working with Bravo for a long time. Like, that felt very hostile and targeted and, like, what? And, um... I would, I would have to imagine the network would see that as a liability. Look, even... Let's say it was true. Not that it was. Let's say it was true. Even more reason that it's a liability for the network if, mm. if, if that was happening, right? So it's like, um, okay. 
I mean, at a certain point, it does act as a tool of distraction because now you have to have this side conversation that becomes overwhelming. And also, maybe it wasn't the intent, but the actual impact is not talking about the fact that these comments were all in support of Diana and Rinna and Erica Jane, which it's just so interesting that Rinna doesn't even talk about in in messages with at least this content creator doesn't have an exchange about like wow it could have been a toxic fan because that's not necessarily as exciting for someone to hear but for Rena to think it's more she's trying to communicate it's more realistic for Lisa Vanderpump who employs Oliver at Vanderpump Cocktail Garden has a friendly relationship with Garcelle and is so outside the spectrum of everything going on with this, it's not giving Radar Online in the way that Rinna thinks it is. It's actually just making Rinna appear more maddening. It is, like, because it's just, it's taking me to a place that, like, you have to connect too many dots to leave. When you have to connect that many dots to leave me there... Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, like in the comments for the when I the video when I posted that reel with her video um to Instagram, a part of our conversation with people in the comments for the post was like genuinely coming from a place of trying to understand what she was even saying. And it was very close to impossible to connect those dots. Like we really, you especially, did genuinely seek people's opinions into, like, help me understand this math because it's so confusing. And nobody really could. There was references to, oh, she's saying this about this. But when you actually look, apply that to the context of what she's saying and the reality of what happened in the timeline of it, which is discussed in that Daily Beast piece, it it does, the math does not math. It does not add up. It just does not. And look, and what we all saw when we watched that, I mean, at least people like me who um, can spiral over the smallest mm. thing, what I saw was a person who was paranoid and believing something and trying their best to like, you know, work it out in their head, but out loud on social media, which is why I'm sure it was deleted, you know, very shortly mm -hmm. afterwards. But, um, but yeah, it, 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 we've all, when we felt something, you know, or we, maybe we feel guilty about something just like, we'll we'll spiral in that way. And it just, again, there's no word to describe it other than spiraling, which feels, you know, dismissive in a way, but it is, it's, it, it, it she's spiraling. How do you think this affects Rinna's future on the show both her behavior this season what will we'll hopefully see happen in Aspen and and her behavior on social well the problem now is that like again we've reached this place where people have to dig in and once people have to dig in it doesn't become fun anymore I think that's why New York became less fun everyone had just dug in Ramona was so intent on like not coming across as like a racist and mm. that she was going to band together with Lou. And then they even sort of, you know, would drag Sonya to the side and they were going to band together. And like, no matter what the narrative was, it was going to be like, these girls are, you know, are out to get me or whatever it was. 
And I feel like we're going to end up in that situation with Beverly Hills because now we're just at like lines are drawn and everyone is going to see everyone as an enemy. And it's like, it's, that's not the kind of enemy we want on reality TV. We want this, we want Potomac enemies. Karen and Giselle may be enemies, but Mm. they are friends. You know what I'm saying? That's Mm -hmm. what we want to see. But Garcelle and Diana are never going to be friends. Garcelle and Erica, I mean, they may film a couple scenes together. It doesn't look like they're ever going to be friends. And so, and they're never going to have each other's back. You know, like, I know at the end of the day, like, Karen would have Giselle's back and vice versa. I don't feel that way anymore about Beverly Hills. You know, like, there was a time when I knew Kyle and and Vanderpump, no matter what, would have each other's back. It doesn't feel, you know, even they lost that. You know, it's, it's. You have to have wives that that know how to duke it out, but like leave it on the playground in a way. Absolutely. And I feel like the benefit of the doubt no longer exists for one side of this, which is why the language that was used in the bot attack to me was so weird when it came to um, tell your mom she doesn't have a right to criticize Erica's drinking because of what she went through with Oliver, which is obviously such a problematic thinking, but is thinking that we have seen on the episodes and Erica and Dorit agree and discuss on after show on the after show, the idea that Garcelle's potential show of empathy to Erica and saying there's a problem here which influenced your poor behavior is just and only Garcelle seeking revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't... Look, I like the cast when when it's at its best. Like, the season before this was a really fun season to watch. You know, there were some, and I say fun, meaning there was awful, some awful moments. Historic. Like, historic. Yeah, exactly. Iconic, yeah. historic. Um, I don't know how we, we go into this, this, this next season. I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, maybe it's, maybe if the fans weren't so involved, maybe, you know, the women could find some common ground. I don't know. I don't, no, truthfully, I'm, I'm, I get, I'm spiraling. I'm trying to think out loud because I don't know if ushering in new people to Beverly Hills is like the answer. There, of course, there's a couple people that could be fun to, to see thrown in the mix. But I mean, it is, at the end of the day, it's, it is a successful show. Hugely popular, highly, and highly rated season. They're doing, they were doing something right. It's just that like, this 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 tainted it in such a weird fucking way who do you think is most valuable to the future of the show when it comes to the fox force you know it's such a good question but i do think that kyle anchors in a way because she, look look as much as we joke about her i'm from la but she is from la and she does know a lot of people and mm-hmm. she is this anchor you know because she could draw kim back in we uh, you know like we want to see more of kathy um she has relationships in la that are legit and i think that you know just like i talk about new york like there has to be that 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 person who holds that mm-hmm. whatever they're holding diamond Apple, they have to be New York 
I'm not saying they have to be from the city. They have to be that city, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Absolutely. And Kyle is LA. Let's, you know, we're all, we cannot take that away from her. And so I think um, she's she's going to be that person that they're going to have to, like, build around. And as much as people, myself included, have criticized her behavior towards Sutton and what appears to be, like, an absolutely apparent lack of respect, the fact that Sutton and Kyle are friends, regardless of how we feel about that friendship, I think that matters. The The difficulty here, which also adds a lot of nuance, is the breakdown between Garcelle and Kyle, yeah. which continues to kind of go up and down, but is also, to me, fascinating to watch. And I say this unapologetically as someone who has Kyle in my top five, even though she is spiritually currently on pause, she has not been fired from the top. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I agree. And so, um, you know, I think it'll be interesting. And, I, you know, I'll be, I mean, I think Erica has to keep doing this show. I, I mean, mean, I think she, finan- yeah, fin- I think there's a finan- financial investment. Financially, here. she has yeah, yeah, to yeah. keep she's doing got this a, show. She's got new earrings to buy. And so, so like, yeah. you know, and, and she does, you know, it's weird because when Erica has like, when her and Kyle were just close, I do, th- I don't know. Or even when they were like fighting, like, I don't know. I do think that she can thrive. I just don't know the person that needs to be around her to make that happen. I don't know if Rinna can give her that right now. Cause I do truthfully think that both of them are going through something emotionally that mm-hmm. that's also why they probably are gravitating to each other. You know, sometimes when you're in pain, um, having someone whose feelings equal pain, it's just like a good camaraderie to have, you know, like there's, you know, misery loves company, you know, or, you know, or that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I don't know if it's the healthiest friendship. I don't know. I don't know much about their friendship, but um, I think that's why they're they're so close right now, truthfully. It is also interesting when you think of like what can even be exemplified through the lens of grief. Like Rinna obviously has every right to grieve her mother and there is an important conversation there in the idea that grief it for many people doesn't begin until like months after a funeral or a traumatic event has taken place the way that we process and exhibit and exemplify grief the way that we deal with that the nuance of that the fact that there really is no deadline that you could be going through something without necessarily being able to process or acknowledge its existence is important. Eric, I think, is also going through a grieving process of like the loss of her husband while filing for that confusing divorce, the reveal that he's a piece of shit, what he's going through medically right now, and people saying you were a part of this. And people saying you weren't a part of this, but you benefited, which you won't acknowledge. Like there has to be a grief in there for a woman who has fought for fame and the, you know, things that she has received as a part of her music career and BH who has lost a large part of that. It's just so interesting that these are also two of the like angriest women on the show and I hate to say like angry woman but like "Eh, here I go when it comes to like stuff that they have done even before this but maybe that's connected in Erica's part the idea of like don't come for my family when it comes to Eileen like 
there's something that's still in place here, even though she hasn't necessarily let us in on the discovery of if she's even gone through it of like who Tom actually is. Yeah. And truthfully, I would think above a lot of that is just the grief of her losing her lifestyle, period. Like, yes. Oh, I my think, God. I didn't even say that. She's you, like allegedly Beverly Hills poor now in that yeah. beautiful multi-million dollar house she's renting. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's, you know, because look, that's like a lot of what we see in her scenes when she goes over to, you know, Diana's house. It's like, you know, how beautiful these outfits mm. are. And she talks a lot about the material things like. You know, I think that she's grieving that the most. Because, um, look, I fucking L.A. is hard, L, you know, and like it, I've never felt so in New York. You don't feel old. I literally fe- feel 25 the entire time I'm there. Like, mm. you can't tell me I'm not 25. In <laughs> L.A., oh, my God, I feel like I'm like, am I going to retire soon? Like I like I'm over the hill. And so I do know that like she's. You know, she's 50. She's starting over mm-hmm. from, you know, private jets. Look, I'm not going to deny that's like it. I know it's champagne problems, but I never, ever am going to like mitigate someone else's problem. You know, like I get it. It's champagne problems. But, you know, like it's fucking still starting your whole fucking life over that you've spent the last 20 years. You know, that's all you've known. Like, um, so I find, I have empathy for that. It's just like what comes across in the show, unfortunately, is like a spoiled narcissistic brat and people don't necessarily relate to that right now when we're like paying like fucking $6 a gallon for gas and living paycheck to paycheck and, <laughs> you know, just trying to like have health insurance and, uh, not get shot by cops, you know, all the normal things that like normal people on an everyday basis. It's it's hard sometimes, but it's also why we look for the escapism, which is why all of this makes it even harder when we're like, we don't feel like we're escaping right now. <laughs> I feel like we're in, we're still in battle and I'm trying to leave my life battles. That's exactly it. Like the idea of escapism for there's always been like a little bit of an asterisk with some with the presentation of some of these uber wealthy housewives, which we have seen since the early days of Orange County when the bubble burst and you were getting served with a eviction notice on camera through your poor fucking kid being like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, my God, there's a camera there at the door. Like that has been a part of this conversation since the earliest days, which is why for some people myself included when you meet someone with Erica like Erica where it's like oh the money's guaranteed we know this person I know him from pop culture from Aaron Brockovich no problems here even with Diana coming in I was like she's got a fucking bajillion dollars we want to see cash there are so many questions around even the wealth of people on BH BCC PK and Dorit where it's like there's been so much disgust of like we're all this is all aspirational and like listen everyone in america is like over mortgaged you know like mired in debt but with with some of these housewives it's been so much of an escape to be like ooh real wealth here that to find out especially with erica and tom who actually paid for this let alone erica being like i'm very sad now that i don't have access to it I'm not going to begrudge her of that grief, but I'm still waiting for her to connect those fucking dots of like, I'm really sad, which I don't believe is a legal strategy about 
that other part of it. Not only that I have lost this, but that my husband is a piece of shit. And I know his medical stuff. I understand that. But there is still a part of this we're not seeing. There's still a huge question mark around that divorce. Yeah. No, it's it's so true. Because, yeah, like we just don't see her. What how we would behave if we found out our husband of 20 years was doing all of this behind her back is a lot different than what we were seeing on camera. And that's why people are just like, what the fuck? Like, I would be at that nursing home, like <laughs> have that dude hemmed up. What are you talking about? Like, you stole from people. Millions and millions of dollars. You had me fucking flying around. (laughs) Angry about tea. Sweetie, the tea bag. Sweetie, can you get me a new tea? Yeah, there's a problem with it. The tea hath spilled in the LA Times and in other sources. And it's all wild. And it's like, we we don't even see that. We see these quasi-manufactured scenes like the one with Mikey and Rena where they're having this safe space to discuss her concerns about her drinking which they absolutely ignore while blaming Garcelle for saying the very same thing while doing her job with speaking to the cast but like why aren't we seeing a scene with Erica and Rena and okay Mikey he's always there where they're talking about that. Like, we're still pretending maybe Tom didn't do this, which is so weird. Yeah, it's like, I think that's, again, you you brought up such a good point when we saw, you know, um, the kids, uh, Lynn's kid, Lynn Curtin's kids get served the eviction notice Mm. in OC. I know all of us were at home, we're just like, oh my God, because we couldn't believe it. And someone brought up the other day how, like, we were also like the last episode of Southern Charm when we found out Catherine and Thomas had a baby. Like oh we had those God. moments. A, we don't get those moments anymore because like as we've seen with, you know, Lindsay and Carl's wedding, like we see, we, we know about it and we let the rest of the world know about it. So we don't get those surprise moments. But then also there's a level of protection that I come, that I think comes now with like their talent because they want to retain certain people that mm. maybe they're not going to put them on blast in the same way. Um, some of them they will. You know, like, you know, Jed Shaw, well, we, you know, we didn't get to see the arrest. We would, you know, we got to see that from other news outlets, but we definitely got to see the, the feds roll up and we got to see, you know, I think they're willing to like open up, you know, certain things, but you know, there's, there, there, there's, there have been theories or not even theories, you know, court cases swirling around other cast members that don't get brought to light necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, there is protection that happens in certain ways or another and it gets curated for us so it would be fascinating to see somebody in there who really has a case of the zero fox i don't know if that exists in bh i don't know if we're you know thrilled about the idea of the conduit for that but it would be kind of it would be in the words of succession a curio to (laughs) see somebody come in and really add a little bit of something else it's just so the number it's a numbers game right now in bh it's a numbers game concerning these alliances and it's just not it's not evening out it's the math ain't mathin but it's also why i think we're going to see greater success from franchises beverly hills also cities where new wealth is Mm. prominent and why we're going to have a really hard time in New York. New York is old money. Those people do not talk. And the people that come in with the new money don't really have new, they don't, 
to be rich in New York is not, you can't be, you can literally be making $250,000 a year and living in a one bedroom and just like living my life. Renting. You can't buy. Renting. Yeah. And you know, somewhere else, 250000 you could live in a mega mansion. And it's like, you know, and so I think the good thing about Beverly Hills is like people are so used to new money and they're so used to being on TV that they are willing to spill it a little more. Um, so I think, you know, there might be, there might still be a you know, a chance. You know, look, Kimora, we saw Kimora Lee Simmons sort of, you know, talking about how she's been yes. in discussion. And look, that woman, not even just her, but like every, like the men she's associated with have lots of skeletons in her closet. And if she is still willing to talk, that says a lot about what people are willing to come on TV. Because I'm like, whoa, you know what they're going to drag up, girl? Both your husbands, both of them. Her most recent husband not technically her husband because he essentially defrauded her of their marriage he he engaged in apparently a lot of rounds of I guess bigamy by telling these women he was divorced but never actually being divorced and then like you guys gotta google it and then he defrauded a country of like bajillions of dollars the man is not great yeah evil 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 like but you know she's like hey you know I might talk to him and I we'd be here for it. Absolutely. If she went on that show, I don't know her relationship with Erica Jane. If she went on that show and was like, listen, bitch, I you can't play the game with me of it's too much. I have been through it. So you're going to need to talk. That would be fascinating. I don't even know if Kimora could. Honestly, I don't know legally where things stand, but that that would be a wild and fascinating, potentially fascinating approach. And that's the thing. That would be amazing. The problem, another, again, I'm only pointing out problems. But I like, love it. It's is a problem like, factory. It's a problem factory. It's what we're making all day. You, you, I think I even expected, not that we've seen, I expected more from even Sheree this season, right? Like, and, uh, or is it Sheree? Sorry, I'm being like one of those people. <laughs> Sheree. Wait, wait. Sheree is Beverly Hills. Sheree is Atlanta. Yes, Sheree. Yes, Sheree. Sheree from be- Beverly Hills. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I expected more from her because, you know, you just like want to come in and make and make a mark. She's been very quiet in the background. These people just want to sort of, they don't even know who they want to align themselves with. So mm. they kind of like play nice with everyone. And so I don't know, like, would Kimora come in and like, you know, or would she like befriend Erica? We don't know. I mean, but, you know. I would be into seeing it. Can I just quickly get your thoughts? Because we haven't even come close to discussing Atlanta. I mean, you're talking about the problem with Beverly Hills and the ways that they're not willing to adjust or come to a happy medium, which is why the conversation around Marlo and Kenya, I find kind of fascinating at that fucking surprise dinner with the $700 balloons. I, what were your thoughts on that? Well, what do you mean you were su- like surprised or fascinated by it? I was just, I was honestly fascinated by it because I felt like Marla was using like a little bit of whataboutism, which is kind of her favorite thing to do, where someone is saying, here are specific examples of the ways in which I don't think I can trust you anymore. And she's like, why can't you get over it? But also, what about this other stuff that you did? Which isn't like, she's not necessarily wrong with some of this, but it just falls. I don't know that Marlo has the capacity to listen, that I think honestly Kenya does yeah I I guess I was surprised by like the the quick fallout it seemed like Marla came in it seemed like her and Kenya were in a good place 
Um, but just so quickly, she just immediately started putting her down and like saying like not nice things. And I'm like, look, I know Marlo's known for not saying Mm. such nice things, but it just felt so like unnecessary. I don't know. And then, and then her and Candy getting into it. I don't know. It was kind of all over the place, but look, she did, she did do a lot better as a full-time housewife than I expected. Like, I think there's Mm -hmm. certain people that like make really good friends of, and I was like, content with her being that but Mm -hmm. she actually did provide like a good storyline it was like awesome to see her as a a munty and like um you know she did sort of like get in everyone's business but i i I guess i what i did want to see like her and kenya sort of come full circle and really develop that friendship like I don't think they need to be enemies anymore. There was a time where it was fun, or if they were enemies, Kenya Moore hair care could actually be a fun sort of mm. enemy type way. But like now it just feels like digging, you know, like saying things about how Kenya, that's why your mom didn't want to be, you know, those sorts of digs into like family. I don't know. I just was like, it just seemed like a lost opportunity for them to develop something really cool this season. Who do you think has the greater capacity to maybe come to an understanding? And obviously, option C is uh, neither of the above. Marlo and Candy or Marlo and Kenya? Oh, I don't think Candy and Marlo are ever going to be friends. Yeah. (laughs) I think that ship has sailed. I mean... Candy did not seem like she was interested in Marlo in any way, shape, or form ever again. So I guess, I guess Kenya and Marlo, I guess. <laughs> and do you think Apollo's cameo was a backdoor entry to Phaedra? Or do you think he was there because, oh my God, it's Apollo and he's back? I don't know. Like, I actually couldn't figure out out why he was there I really really couldn't um I don't think I don't think I don't know do you think Phaedra's coming back to Atlanta I just don't know if I could see that but I mean at least not with Candy still on I don't know she's riding hard for Dubai so it's like maybe if she's interested in moving to Dubai that that would maybe happen I don't know the conversation that Apollo was having about that whole situation when he went away to in Teresa's Woods camp was interesting because it was like she wasn't there she didn't support me in my time of need which I can completely appreciate but also like if she didn't know that any of this was happening she has a right to be concerned regardless about her reputation and also is like angry at you for doing it there wasn't really space there for like how about her feelings about being a single parent while you are in jail? You know, like, that's yeah, she she's trying valid. to not get disbarred because that's her form of right. income. Right. And if she has to now take care of the entire family on that income, she'd like to maintain her law license. So maybe getting in if, if it like looked like she was involved in something not kosher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I could understand why she would want to distance herself. And also. I don't know. You're going to jail. I'm like, I'm just like, do I have to stick around? Like, yeah. I don't Versus know. Sheree, who's like, that's fine. She- There's the precedent. I get it. 
distance makes the heart grow fonder sometimes until that person gets out and then it apparently does not um listen kiki i could talk to you forever you know i'm obsessed with you i highly encourage that everyone follow you at the talk of shame can you tell the ags a little bit about i'm sorry and anything else that you want to promote upcoming episodes anything else well, I mean, you know, we have new episodes dropping every Friday. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about the Olivia Wilde and uh, Harry Styles and and Miss mm. Miss Flow situation. With oh the, my god! Um, coming up, we had a really fun episode recently with Teffy Pessoa. Hello, Teffy. People probably know mm. her. Um, that was really fun. So yeah, you know, it's everywhere you get your podcast. I have a YouTube. I'm doing the Tiki Talk. I'm doing the Instagram. <laughs> Doing it all. <laughs> you are everywhere killing it, and I am here for it. Guys, there are a couple new episodes up on the AG Patreon, a one-hour uh, special app talking about all things bot attack with Face Reality 16 that went up uh, this past week, as well as a Satchel Spectacular. I got so many of your thoughts and feels. Satchels, of course, are your questions and concerns, reactions, so much more named in honor for Holiness Kelly, Clorn, Ben Simone. And there's the Satchel Spectacular with so many of your thoughts about everything happening right now with BH and Patreon's the number one way to support the pod. So patreon.com slash Andy's girls, you get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more. Um, a link is in the show notes to that Daily Beast piece that was out today, Tuesday, the day we recorded. If you'd like to read that, it is quite a read. And follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Kiki, thanks for coming on. So appreciative. Thanks for having me. I'll see you at BravoCon. Yeah. Guys, hope you're all doing okay, and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye.